1: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690
0: and ESPN690.com.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's huge. I think you get to build those
0: relationships, um, you know, get a lot more timing with those guys, get to know what they like. They kind of get to know what I like and just build that trust there. Uh, I'm very excited for that. And, you know, I think even just now, You know, being able to have those conversations with them has, um, you know, that being the ones that receivers, tight ends, running backs, linemen, um, I think that's already
2: given us a leg up from last year. That's Gardner Minshew last week when he spoke to the media about, uh, you know, catching up with some of these uh, receivers and, and knowing some of these guys. Obviously, that receiving crew, he does know well. He threw a lot of passes to them. Uh, the offense is similar. And now they the other guys have to make the adjustment. LaVisca Chenault, Jake Gruden, of course, Tyler Eifert, uh, Chris Thompson. Uh, they have to make some of those adjustments. Hey, we were just talking about camp with the Bucks, And, you know, it's funny. It didn't hit me right away, but I read – Like, while we're talking about that, I'm reading that the Dallas Cowboys, this is how dumb I am, I'm reading that the (laughs) Dallas Cowboys are not going out to Oxnard, California, because the NFL is going to force them to stay in their hometowns and at their facilities for camp, which makes sense, because there are some teams that do that, right? I mean, there are some, for the longest time, the the, uh, New York Giants, when I was working up in Albany, they came up to Albany, well, a lot of them now built their own facilities, and they stay there, Uh, Patriots used to go to... Uh, Smithfield, Rhode Island, at Bryant University, they stay on their own uh, facility now. Jaguars, of course, tried out the Wisconsin thing, Stephen's point. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> it was hot. Yeah. Uh, word is out of there. Well, I, I didn't even think about when I saw the Oxford one that, okay, that means you can't go anywhere else. And I we don't know yet if that's exactly the case, but it could be that. Yeah. Could it mean, can you go an extra day or two if you're going to play a game over there? Because keep in mind, the Jaguars aren't going to stay in Tampa for two and a half weeks. They're just going like about three days earlier than they normally would to practice with them. But yeah. it would make sense that mm-hmm. the NFL would say, hey guys, let's not do that this year. Yeah. Uh, and so it's trending that way, waiting for some word from the Jags. But it looks like the joint practice could be off with the Tampa Bay Bucks based on what the NFL is telling teams. Let's be honest, right here. I mean, in terms
3: of the pandemic, you know, and Zoom um, conversations, installing playbooks, all this stuff. Guys can't get in the locker room. We we've talked about ad nauseum how important is it for the Jaguars to get back on the field and to get on their way. Well, now I think it's all it's, it's another loss for them because now. They're not going to practice with a very competitive team. They're not going to see Mike Evans in practice. They're not going to see Chris Godwin in practice. They'll see him in the game maybe for a little bit, but let's remember, it's preseason football. How much are you really going to see those guys? But my point is there's a lot of talent right now on that Tampa Bay team. And a chance to practice against that talent, I think especially with such a young team like Jacksonville, would have paid dividends for them down the road. Now we'll see how it pans out here, but they may not get that opportunity.
2: I don't want to over-dramatize this one either. But I think you're right, especially, you know, we talk about the Jacks offense and Minshew and everything else, but it's really for the defense going against that team to go run around in that three, four look or whatever they're trying to do. And a CJ new Henderson team. getting his reps against some really good wide receivers, but, a, but a really a new defense. I mean, good, outside yeah. of what, three guys, I mean, it's a new three, four guys. It's a mm-hmm. new defense for the Jacksville Jaguars personnel wise. It, it, I could see why that would be really valuable for them. Uh, maybe even more so for the offense, but it's always good to mix it up against somebody else. So the, the, The word is, the NFL has instructed all 32 teams that they must conduct training camps at their respective training facilities. That's what the reports are uh, from various folks. So if that is the case, it would be hard to believe they could have joint practices with the Tampa Bay Bucks, which they are planning to do, I think that's week two of the preseason, Mm -hmm. uh, and go over there for a couple of days. And what it's done in the past, when we went up to Baltimore and Minnesota, uh, essentially... Let's see. Game sometimes on a Friday, mm-hmm. right? Usually in the preseason. So Thursday would be their walk-through day, kind of that off day prior. And so you're looking at two, uh, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So you go up Monday, you get acclimated. Tuesday, Wednesday practices. Day off Thursday. Play on Friday. Uh, I would be a little surprised actually if the NFL allows that part of it to take place.
3: So let me go ahead and say this too. It was Adam Schefter, right, that reported this first. Yeah, and I'm seeing
2: it around Aaron yeah, Wilson yeah. uh, as well. So, seeing it, so. so, so right
3: now, obviously the the news is traveling. You know, it starts with Adam Schefter. You know, we, he dropped the Schefter bomb, if you will. And Brent, if I was to put money on anything right now, I would put money on this. If I was to put a house on this right now, I'd put a house on this. I guarantee you, right now there is excitement and joy going through texting chains of NFL players. Because keep in mind, you got teams like Kansas City that I was on. You got teams like Chicago that I was on. You're not at the university anymore. You're you you're, 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 you're going to be in home base. You're not sleeping in a dorm room now. Now you're sleeping in a hotel bed. You got a king size bed all to yourself. You're not trying to sleep, um, you know, basically in a cot. And you have to go to Walmart to get a memory foam mattress for forty bucks because it's going to be a little more comfortable <laughs> and give you maybe an extra hour of sleep. That's gone. You, you don't have to go to Walmart and buy an extra large fan for another hundred bucks because eh, the AC's a little wonky in terms of the dorm rooms. Like you don't have to worry about any of that anymore. Now you, you're at your home base. You can sleep in a hotel, man. You can sleep in a nice, comfy bed. I mean, there is excitement right now, to say the least, among NFL players, especially with those guys who are accustomed to going to colleges for their training camp.
2: Ah, that's a very good call. I could see that as well. Uh, one quick thought on that. You know, around here the There's been camp, but they stay in the hotel until they break camp. It was so nice, Brent. I mean, so you like the hotel.
3: Oh, excuse me? I,
2: I I couldn't get enough of the hotel. I, I mean, like you are coming out of that dorm room at Murray State. That yeah, doesn't I, make difference. yeah, well, exactly. Um, <laughs> do but, they even have like a Hyatt in <laughs> Iola, Scandinavia? I, no, I mean, do we
3: have a hotel in Iola, Scandinavia? <laughs> we, we we have a thing called like the, the Norseman Lodge, and it's as bad as it's. Uh, I'm not gonna hate on it actually because that doesn't sound good, but it is a it's your it's your run of the mill small hotel that you would see like in the movie Psycho or something like that. You know, kind of like the Bates Motel. That's, that's the Norseman. Okay, that's, that's all. That's, that's all. <laughs> Has. Yeah, what a what a, what a good endorsement for the Norseman <laughs> Hotel, by the way, by me. My bad guys. But uh no, like when I got to the league, man, listen, I'm not gonna lie, I got accustomed to the finer things of training camp. Okay, I expected all right, we go to practice, Jack Del Rio had practice at night. That kind of stunk a little bit, but it's all good. We get done around 9:30, 10, go back to the hotel, and you know, we 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 have the we have the staff greeting us with a smoothie bar, we have a burger bar. I'm like, man, this this is life not so life is good. I go to Kansas City, and we're staying at Southwestern Middle State, Missouri's Technical School, whatever it was called, and all of a sudden, oh, no, there's no more smoothie bars. There's no more burger bars. You go eat in the cafeteria where the college kids eat. You grab your food, get it to go, and that's it. Oh, and take away that luxury king-size bed where you had a room all to yourself, even as a rookie, mind you, even as a rookie, I repeat – Oh, no. Now I'm, you know, I'm tracking up with somebody who I don't even know in a small bet. It's just it's a different kind of scene. All right. I, I'm going to say that. And, dude, it was to the point where. All the vets, because obviously you have to stay in the dorms. All the vets, when we had an off day, we'd actually go to the hotel and just stay in a hotel for that on the off day, just so we had really kicks. So yeah, we we needed a TV. We had to that's, watch TV and get back. I, I, I want to take a shower by myself, not in, a shower in front of like, all the guys and everything. So like we would actually rent hotel rooms for one night during the off day and just kind of unwind a
2: little. That's bit. a great story. Yeah. I did not realize that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Coos, can you uh, rack the uh, the the, uh, the old? Uh, um statement there. Uh shack up in a dorm room dorm room in a small bed with somebody who doesn't know. Yeah. It just that will play somewhere. I don't it's know where, but we can at least keep that it's a good time. hold on to it. Uh, the, <laughs> the that's a wild story that you would actually go get a hotel to find comfort. I uh, I did it in, in Kansas, Kansas City. City. And I did it in Chicago as well. So they still go to Southwest Missouri State? I think so. Patrick I mean, I'm not Mahomes positive. Is staying in some dorm room? I, I'm not positive, but I assume I so. I think they might. They might.
3: Yeah, and then Chicago. I if you
2: back, when you were playing, I know this, like yeah. when you were playing, you just played. Like, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah. But all the Netflix and everything available, Apple TV, like you could have had. <laughs> okay, first of all, no one's, I mean, you
3: and whoever else with Apple TV, no, that wasn't a thing. Like, guys would bring, you know, like TVs and video games and things like that. But to be fair, you didn't have any time to play video games, all right? Like, when you got back to your dorm, you were so exhausted, you went to sleep in your, in your crappy cot or whatever it was, and then you got back up and went back to work. I mean, I, I didn't have time for video games. Now, some guys did. I mean, I, I don't know how, how like guys like Kyle Long and the, and the Bears could play, you know, man for two hours a night. I'm like, dude, we just had practice. You're playing video games right now? But he made it work, obviously. But every, every guy's
2: different, to say That's, the least. Uh, that's wild. I yeah. actually, like, stumbled through that last little segment because I caught myself. I said, rack that. I don't even know if <laughs> I've been listening to Jim Rome. <laughs> like, well, I haven't heard Jim Rome in like eighteen years, and I said rack that? Brent's, like Brett started a whole new thing of catchphrases. I'll
3: be honest. He's, he's, I have no great. idea what you meant, but I just said sure. Yeah. Dude, like, where did that come no, from? He said that? And I'm like, okay, I guess that's a thing. I didn't even say it. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's a Brent Martinow thing. No, no, just, it's not a Brent Martin thing. Oh, no. It's a Jim Rome thing. sorry,
2: Jim, I just stole it from you. Dude, He's gonna have rack
3: that t shirts next week. ESPN six ninety rack that t shirts, Brent Martin's special. I, just, like,
2: I don't know where that came from. Right? I, told I, you I you don't. I like I didn't know how to tell you the like uh, recorded or something <laughs> and that's what i came up with thank you jim
3: <laughs> <laughs> i told you i did and i did absolutely nothing because i didn't know what you meant <laughs> but yeah man, I didn't do us to say and listen far be it for me to say you know guys these guys have it spoiled but i'm just saying if you ever play on the jacksville jaguars franchise at least when i played on, and i'm
2: sure shot Khan does it right as well um staying in those hotels and everything man you got it made just think about it, if they can build up lot jay and build things up across yeah. and they're going to have their own maybe like a four seasons hotel yeah which he has ownership stake in yeah And bring that in, and then it's right there. You know, I mean, maybe too close to the facility. (laughs) Not that the Uh, other hotel's that far, but, uh, it's, uh, you, you remind me when the Giants were up in Albany, the best part of this, and this changed throughout my course of covering the Giants in Albany, but they were the same thing. And we talk about Eli Manning and Tiki Barber and all the, in the dorm rooms, right? And they would just take over the dorm rooms. And the best part of that that I remember is the players could go there'd be like this bag at the buffet table like around lunch the yeah. area where they had like skittles and starburst and all this kind of stuff and they would put them in so they could bring them back to the dorm room yeah well toward the end of that like their little meal time the media could go in this was a, at some t- stretch now it stopped at, at some point because okay. the media would grab a
0: bag and, <laughs> walk out of there yeah, yeah. and you'd
2: have like Starburst for days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what I remember about that camp. But they'd be walking out of there with these little to-go bags, yeah. uh, like they had just went to a convenience store. Yep, um, it was uh, it a. Was, it was, There's was something that was kind of fun about camp, covering camp at at the, the university, though yeah i mean
3: it, it was different right because you'd go to lunch and like there's the media as well and obviously like, you had your own sections but in kansas city and chicago like we would go and then oh here's the media we just met it, it was almost like we're all at camp to, like we're at camp
2: together yeah you know like as opposed to the jaguars that's where it's right. like yeah like you kind of there's more of a i don't know you can also hate the media and, and yeah, hate sure. <laughs> like i remember a Toomer tumor Okay. Remember Monty Yeah, Toomer, a of course. Yeah, you better this believe it. Tell you, like, I, so I, we're local media, so we don't cover the Giants day in, day out. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm doing this story about the heat. What else is doing? <laughs> training camp, right? Uh, <laughs> but it must have been super hot in Albany, which yeah. doesn't get that that hot. I was going to say, it's pretty aggressive. So we're doing a story, and I will never forget. This is one of my, the, my, my favorite memories, which I hope I do a decent job of describing. But the way the Giants came out of the – they came out of, like, the cafeteria area, these two glass doors, and then there were hedges, and there's a little walkway. And that's where you would get the guys. After lunch, you would go ask them for interviews and pull them off to the side and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, Amani Toomer was hanging around just on the interview, and I'm working on a story, and I said, Amani, I need a little help with a stand-up that I'm going to do. Can you take a bucket of Gatorade and dump it over my head? (laughs) <laughs> and, like, I didn't even know him rarely that well. Like, well, I knew him. He didn't really know me. Sure, yeah. And, uh, man, his eyes lit up. He was like yeah where are we doing it let's go like That's he couldn't awesome. wait to yeah, be the yeah. guy to dump something over the media's head sure. It was like it must have been like he had this vision of like the guy that he hates in new york <laughs> yeah. and i was that guy take for this, a second yeah,
3: basically <laughs> essentially like waterboarding you if you will yeah take this
2: bren Marno. Like was a lot it. of fun he was yeah. a cool guy money too was but that but those are the memories you get well, from those camps exactly. i think a little different i mean not completely jacksonville's jacksonville's a cool place to do it and it you kind of obviously get to know the players and Um, But you like that part of the camps at the campuses, I think.
3: Well, well, yeah, you know, and I'm being pretty critical right now of you know staying in the dorms and things like that. But you do bring up a great point where it seems like training camps and those types of atmospheres they're even more mundane, right? Like you go back, you go to the cafeteria, you eat your food, then you go back to the dorm, you take a nap, you go to meetings, go to practice, all this stuff. So it is very mundane. So yeah, anytime. A media member goes, "Hey, can you pour this bucket of water on my head?" Well, that's something new, you know. Like that, that kind of breaks up the monotony a little day. bit. It really is, man. And, and like, and like when I was in Chicago, man, you, you should see some of the dumb stuff that we did. that We thought we were so funny, but it was just, it was all about breaking up the monotony. You know, it, it was all about you know finding something even so stupid to laugh at. And yeah, th- that's what it's all about during training
2: camp. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, we're not sure. We'll wait official word yeah. from the Jags to see if uh, no camp with the the. Tampa Bay Bucks, but um, the Jags aren't impacted by what the the NFL came out with and say, "Hey, you have to stay in your facilities for camp" because Mm -hmm. they already do exactly. Uh, So that's not uh, the impact. Will be with the Tampa joint practice and and also to answer your question about Kansas City, yes, they still do training camp at Missouri Western. Yeah, but obviously now it'll be different. All right, real quick, uh, quick uh, five minutes or so, a couple quick uh, things. Uh, We did. We got to finish our Minshew conversation on the quarterback rankings from Chris Sims, but prior to that, hundred days from the NFL. Give me three things in the NFL. That you're like main storylines, and I'm going to take it away from the pandemic stuff. Yeah, will fans be there? Well, I don't know. I'm talking about football storylines that are like glaring storylines of the NFL season. Uh, and, and listen, I'm going to put you on the spot and say it. It might not be the top three, mm-hmm. but what sticks out for you mm-hmm. of uh, and and take yourself outside of Jacksonville, sure. of course, to do it. Yep. Um, number one, I think we're talking about the MVP here. We're talking about Lamar Jackson.
3: Was Lamar Jackson's MVP year a fluke, or was it the real deal? Because I think it can go one of two ways. I think teams can see what Tennessee did and try to implement that and be like, all right, Lamar Jackson, beat us with your arm. What do you got? And it can go one of two ways. Either Lamar Jackson's going to accept the challenge, he's going to dominate, and he's going to literally change the game of what we perceive as a quarterback. Or he's going to struggle and it's going to be like, I knew it. You know, he was just kind of a flash in the yeah. pan. There's no way these dual threat quarterbacks are the future. They're not the next generation. Go ahead and bring back the pocket passers, hey. if you will. So to me, there's a lot riding on just one season for Lamar Jackson because – and it might sound a little, uh, you know, dramatized here, but he can literally change the course of what quarterbacks look like for the years to come. Yeah.
2: So that's my first thing. Good call. Um, and so, people are dying to say, yeah, see, I told you. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: Exactly. Um, my second thing, obviously, uh, I'm be watching, it's got to be Tom Brady, and it's got to be the Buccaneers, and it's got to be the Patriots as well. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to yeah. throw them into in one category. Is Tom Brady the real deal? They have something left in the tank. Is Bill Belichick the real deal? Brent, we've had the bet, obviously. People know about it. Jaguars have a better record than the the, the Pats this year. We'll see. Is Bill Belichick the type of guy that's going to tank for a season? Or not necessarily tank, but kind of set his team up for maybe a Trevor Lawrence in the future? We'll see. And keep in mind, I think we can both agree here. The Patriots this year? We'll face some adversity, okay? They're not going to go 10 games in winning streak. There will be some adversity. There will be some players getting called out in the media saying, oh, the Patriots are done. How does Bill Belichick handle that adversity? How does that team handle that adversity? Because they haven't had a lot of that in the past decade or so. So that's my second thing I'm going to watch. And then, man, you know, my third thing that I think I'm going to get into here is – where do we stand on the younger coaches? Okay, where do we stand on the Sean McVay's? Mm, good one. Where do we stand on the Cliff Kingsbury's? Right, because let's be honest, two years ago Sean McVay was the hottest thing going. If you knew Sean McVay, you got a job in the NFL. If you were his neighbor, his water or his his, his, his paper boy, whoever it was, oh, you know Sean McVay. Here's a job in the NFL. Now Kingsbury, kind of the same thing. Well, this is the year, okay. Is Sean McVay going to be the fluke? Is Kingsbury going to be the fluke? Are these offensive-minded guys really the future of the NFL? And I mean, these young offensive-minded guys, the future of the NFL, or do they have to leave it to the Andy Reid's and the Doug Petersons of the world?
2: Yeah, so many storylines. Those are great ones, by yeah. the way. I love the uh, young coaches. Uh, and I'm going to stay away from the Patriots because you went there, too. Sorry, yes. Yeah.
3: Uh, Low-hanging low fruit for me. Well, no, no, and <laughs> It's
2: right on. I think it is kind of a group um, uh, play with how the Patriots do it, uh, along with the Bucks and Brady. I'm going to start here. Are the Kansas City Chiefs on the verge of a dynasty with Patrick Mahomes? Is he that good? And are they that good? And this will be a year that will kind of tell a little bit of that. Uh, the second one for me is is Philip Rivers. And Philip Rivers, if he is good, if he is Philip Rivers that has played most of his career, I mean, I'm banking on that by putting him in the Super Bowl in my pick. Yeah, like. They could be that good of a team. I mean, they're a good roster. They have a good run game, a good offensive line, and they have good enough parts on defense. Mm-hmm. They could be that kind of team if he's the Philip Rivers we've seen in in a Chargers uniform for a long time. If he's last year's edition of Phillip Rivers, sure. uh, they're, they're an average football team. Yeah, well, and, and I like I like that because you know I think the
3: Colts kind of are on the radar even a little bit with Philip Rivers still. I mean, obviously we talk about him because we're in the AFC South, but that, that's a great point. And let's be honest here. What football tells us is that if you have a great offensive line, if you can win in the trenches, if you have a great running game, if you have an adequate quarterback with a decent receiving game, you can win, with a great coach, you can win a lot of games. The Colts have all that, okay? Everything I just described, I think the Colts have. So football tells us that, yes, the Colts should be successful. Will that was the question.
2: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great call. And I'm going to put this one on there. I wonder about, I think this is a big year, and and nobody's really talking about this. For a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think he has to go win a Super Bowl again. But you could almost put it with Shanahan and, and the 49ers. Are they for real or was that kind of a one-off, everything went right? And why do I think that? Well, because I saw it here in Jacksonville. They are what the Jags were. They were They were what the Chicago Bears were. Yeah. And look what happened to both of those teams. Is San Francisco just the next team in that line? Are they too good to... Have that. Do they have the quarterback that the Bears and the Jags did not have? I think a lot lies in that question. And, very, and so is Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. is he about to take off or is he about to establish himself as just eh, really another guy? And if you're not good enough around him, then you're not going places. And a very competitive division to keep in mind. Very competitive. Yeah. So And especially how, depends how you feel about Arizona. Uh, so I I don't think people will talk about San Francisco that much. I don't believe they'll be as dominant on defense as they were. Mm-hmm. I'm not even saying that Garoppolo has to go back to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. I think the eye test will tell a lot about Garoppolo. Because much of last year, Garoppolo did some things when he had to, made some plays. But nobody was saying, man, look, at the, look out, look out, Jimmy G, Jimmy G, Jimmy G. Yeah. They weren't saying that. They were saying, look out for the defense, the run game. I mean, they ran for 200-plus yards in the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. So is this does this become... Garoppolo's team, mm-hmm. or does he become a little bit like we're asking about Jared Goff? uh Big contract, and you better be good around him if you want to go places. You got two good coaches, and you have some good players, and maybe good defenses, but the quarterback's just okay.
3: And keep in mind, George Kittle does not want tight end money. He wants George Kittle money too. So yeah. how's that going to go with that with that whole team that well, contract?
2: He could use a big year, uh, and yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo would certainly help him get uh, even more money. Uh, all right, last thought uh, is Minshew. Minshew on mm-hmm. Chris Sims' list. Thirtieth. Mm. Too high, too low. I Excuse think when Steven me? called in, by yeah. the way, he said high. I think he meant, meant too yeah. he, he should be like in the top twenty five or something yep. like that. But really should he be listen, I'm all high on uh, on Gardner Minshew. Um you know, where is uh, so uh, I told you Lamar Jackson was thirtieth on Chris Sims list last year, so, yeah, so I don't mind the karma. Yeah, I know for sure. That's a good call.
3: Listen, I have a couple of issues with this. I don't like how Chris Sims announced that Gardner Minshew um, was number 30. Here's kind of essentially what he said. A year ago, most NFL fans wouldn't have known the difference between Gardner Minshew and Marvin Gardens, which I don't know if that's a a ploy to Monopoly or if that's a ploy to the Sopranos. You can use either one. Brent, you see the Sopranos. No. Don't worry about it then.
2: All right. We're all good. I have played Monopoly. <laughs> you know what Monopoly's all about? Marvin. Gar- <laughs>
3: it's Marvin Gardens, right? Isn't, isn't that like the cheap one? Uh, or is that the It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Decent? It's okay. Decent? Decent? okay. Yeah. It's, it's like Baltic a yellow or green. a bad one,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah. Baltic, Baltic Avenue is there. not good.
3: Sh- shout the Park Place. Anyways. So he goes on to say this year, Minshew comes in at number 30 on the Chris Sims top 30 quarterback countdown. I have an issue with it, Brent. I- I'm not happy with it because you're essentially telling me right now. Of every NFL team, only Gardner Minshew is better than two guys in the NFL. I can go ahead and probably name a list of four guys. I think he's better right now than Jared Stidham. I think he's better than Nick Foles. I think he's better than Dwayne Haskins. I'd take him over Drew Locke. I would take him over Sam Darnold. Those five guys out right there, I'd take Gardner Minshew over. And I, and, I, and I think that can that's legitimate. I think you can argue um, that, ca- that, that case right there. But to tell me that of all the quarterbacks in the NFL right now, Gardner Minshew is only better than two of them? No, Chris Sims, you're wrong.
2: Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, I was having trouble finding the actual, like, full list, but I was seeing well, it in parts. Yeah, I don't and, think he's announced everyone yet. Oh, is he counting down? I, I think so. Because that's what I saw. I saw, like, 31 and 32. Well, he had Foles at 31. Yeah. And he had, uh, I want to say, Haskins was around, like, 34 or 35. So are we just going to write Jared Stidham out now? I mean, Well, Stidham was at, like, 34. So he's okay. got him. So he has some other guys like so he backups. So Tua, then. I think maybe Tua is up in that top thirty. Yeah. Um, and even though you Bolton, know, so, maybe I guess I don't know. He must I have mean, some backups got, in yeah, there. Yeah, he has to. So I I didn't uh, see that, but I, to go along with what you just said, I, I know what I have in Gardner Minshew. I don't know what Tua is going to be, Correct. but I also don't think he's even playing much this year. I think Fitzpatrick and I would take two. I would take Minshew over Fitzpatrick, even with, even with Joe Burrow. And borrow. See, I I do think people are given. I understand when you invest in a guy and he's number one pick. You're not necessarily talking about year one. Like if we're talking 2020, that's what we're talking yeah, about right here. This I is know it. Yeah, that's yeah. my point. Like yeah. I think I would. I would know. Do I put the whole career of Burrow ahead of Minshew? Well, I think the trend would say yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's a different question though. I'm taking Minshew in 2020. That's been my big beef with the whole dead last. Like yeah. That that means you believe in Burrow and and a Cincinnati team that was what was two and fourteen or one and fifteen whatever they were last year. So um, I think uh, I think I put him ahead of a bunch of those guys uh, more than than other people. Now what about Daniel Jones? What about Kyler Murray? Yeah, you know those. Are, what about a guy like Garoppolo? You mm-hmm. have more faith in Garoppolo or now? Listen, I understand you have more faith in the team. That's not the question. Sure, uh, from a quarterback perspective. I don't know. I'm curious. Have you seen? Has he announced Drew Locke yet? By the way, Tyrod Taylor. I'll take Minshew. Yeah, thank you. you. Know that. Yeah, Tyrod uh,
3: Taylor for sure. Um, has he announced Drew Locke yet? I didn't see that. Okay. I mean, I haven't seen it. Once again, I don't my guess is the he has schedule. not,
2: though. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. And so he'll be a, ha- a higher than uh, uh, Minshew as well. But yeah. I mean, agree though. Tyrod Taylor. I'll take Gardner Minshew over Tyrod yeah. Taylor right now. So you no. Know? So I, I I would put uh, Minshew from what I saw. I'd be comfortable putting him in. You know, ahead of probably seven or eight guys exactly uh, in in the NFL. Just just a matter of who you are comfortable with and who you like and who you project to be good. I really believe Minshew is going to take a nice step this year. I don't know what that means for the Jaguars. I don't know how good they're going to be. I don't know how many uh, lumps they're going to take early. And if they take lumps early, the schedule on the back end is not pretty. Mm -hmm. But I do think you're going to noticeably see an improved Gardner Minshew in 2020. And that was off a pretty decent rookie season. Mm -hmm. So, uh, does he hit that next level? I think he kind of does. I just don't know where that level would fit him uh, in the NFL because there's a lot of good quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Yeah, and
3: and to to get back to Chris Sims' rankings here, I just don't like how it seemed like he was doing Gardner Minshew a favor here because he's saying, well, nobody knew who Gardner Minshew was last year. Now, check this guy out, number 30. It's like he's doing him a favor. Man, you're, once again, we're, we're doing the whole, he's a six-round pick narrative. He's not supposed to be here, but he's here. Here's your guy, Gardner Minshew. And, and I, I can't stand that. The, 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 I've been so adamant. It drives me absolutely nuts when people think like that. And like we said, Brent, there's there's a number of players that Gardner Minshew should be ahead of. Now, once again, I think that in terms of weapons and on offense – I'm not turned off to the Jaguars' weapons on offense either. So, to me, it's hard to justify, in my opinion, putting Garner Minshew at number 30. Because, once again, you may think you're doing him a favor, Chris Simms, and saying, well, you didn't know him last year, check him out now. But if you tell any other position on that football field, if you say he's the top, you know, he's number 30 in running backs in the NFL. He's the number 30th left guard in the NFL. He's the number 30th defensive tackle um, in the NFL. Guy's that, that's not a compliment, all right? That's a slap in the face. Yeah, yeah. And, and
2: as far as I'm concerned, putting Gardner Minshew number 30, that's a slap in the face. Yeah, listen, and listen, everybody's got an opinion. That's fine And, yeah. and uh, with these lists. Here's my question, and this will be an interesting one to measure. Can Gardner Minshew look better at the quarterback position? I'm not sure I'll perform the stats because of given what's around him, but look better. Can you come out of this season and you like Gardner Minshew more than Baker Mayfield? I mean, is this another bet we're getting into right now? No, because okay, it's, it's not a measure. Both, no, but I think it's a good, it's a good baseline. Yeah, you know, a good barometer for where you could maybe see. Would you ask that question in December? Say, man, I'd rather ride if in Cleveland, I'd rather ride with Minshew than mm-hmm. I would Baker Mayfield. Mayfield's set up to be perfect, to to be good. Is set up to have a really good season. Uh, and if he doesn't deliver on that completely or Minshew really plays well, I think it's an interesting comparison given uh given their situation
3: well, and you know what's interesting too so with Baker Mayfield, I think the the overall um you know narrative of their fans right now is the fact that Baker. Mayfield struggled last year because of Freddie Kitchens making the play calls. Yeah. All right. It wasn't yeah. so much of a Baker Mayfield issue; it was the Freddie Kitchens issue. Yeah. So I, I think there's there's hype around the team this year again. Baker Mayfield is going to go back to his you know his stats when he was a rookie, and obviously even better with Gardner Minshew. Well, one could say. Well, it could have been a John DeFilippo problem because there's a reason why he's not here anymore, right? There's a reason why he got downgraded to a quarterback's coach in Chicago. Now, maybe he left on his own will. Maybe he didn't. But the fact is John DeFilippo is not here right now. And the fact is the Jaguars offense last year didn't have a lot of success. But Minshew still put up his numbers. So... We don't have that excuse though with Gardner Minshew, where if it's a bad season this year, we're not going to say, well, maybe John Gruden, uh, I mean, uh, maybe Jay Gruden just didn't, you know, didn't set him up for success. We, we can't say that. No. I mean, it, it's all on what Gardner Minshew can do this year with no excuse. At least Baker Mayfield, he had that excuse last
2: year. Yeah, and, and Baker Mayfield, by the way, has no excuses. No excuses. He got so much. Not they, they brought in yeah. weapons and weapons and weapons and weapons and. Uh but, Chip Chubb in the backfield yeah. to tight end spot to the receiver spot. He's got no no excuse. Yeah, but all I'm saying is, like, if you're a Browns fan right now, I don't see people thinking, oh, we got Baker Mayfield another year. Why no. don't we address him in the draft? No, no one's saying that. You're not like that. So that's why I think it's a it's a good test. Can we yeah. come out in and in later in this football season say, you know what? I like Minshew better than that guy. Mm-hmm. Because there are Baker Mayfield believers. I'm not even sure I'm a doubter. Mm-hmm. I'm not in love with a guy. I think it's a big year for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Well, but, and it's, but it's it's good from a Minshew standpoint. Listen, I'm not going to compare him right now and say, hey, you're going to be better than Aaron Rodgers by the end of the season. Yeah, I think Mayfield's a decent play. Like, hey, people are willing to give Mayfield their, their franchise. Yep. If Minshew outplays him, that's a question to ask yourself.
3: You know what? And, and I hope he does. But all I need Baker Mayfield to do is outplay Ben Roethlisberger because obviously that's one of our bets this year.
2: <laughs> it's all about the bets. It is all about the bets. Uh, coming up next, powerful, powerful video and statement from Emmanuel Acho. Uh A little bit of that and... Austin doesn't agree with all of it. What part didn't he agree with? That's next to to wrap up a Tuesday here on ESPN 690.
1: In order to stand with us and people that look like me, you have to be educated on issues that pertain to me and fully educated so that you can fool the full level of pain so that you can have full understanding. I fervently believe that if the white person is your problem, only the white person can be your solution. And so this is made for you, my white brothers and sisters, to increase your level of understanding so that you can increase uh, your level of compassion and lead ultimately to change.
2: Those are the words of Emilio Lacho in the last uh, 24, 36 hours, I would say. Uh, Brent Martin of Austin Lane, former Jags player, current MMA fighter, uh, here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 on a Tuesday. If you're checking out our video feeds uh, on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Twitch, which we always invite you to do, you won't see an image that we usually have up there. Instead, you'll see a black screen. Hashtag Blackout Tuesday. We're in support of that here on the show. And uh, I think most people, if you listen to what Emmanuel Acho said in his nine-minute message, which Kuz uh, rightfully wondered, how did he get nine minutes on Twitter? Right. Uh, which is pretty good. Yeah, he, uh, he has that VIP pass. I guess
3: so. I mean,
2: maybe uh, if you get a
3: blue check mark, maybe it, you can do that, right? I, I, I can't Have do that. Have we had that
2: power no, the whole time? Okay. No, I can't do that. So, okay. I can't do that. Okay. But Emmanuel can, and I'm glad he could. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because it was a very powerful, well-done message. Um, just really, really good stuff. Uh, yeah. I thought the whole thing, uh, the, the production of it, the and and really what was said. More importantly, was really well done. And I said this, I haven't done it yet. Uh, I watched it in totality today, and I'm going to show my kids it tonight. And and I think it's a, a message that should be heard um, across this country and in homes and schools and people of all ages, really. Mm-hmm. So I applaud him for that. He's, a, he's well-spoken, articulate, and thoughtful and insightful in all those words yeah. that, that you want to use. And you have an interesting take on, on one of the elements of this nine minutes that sure. you don't totally agree with. I would say you challenge him a little bit on, not necessarily yeah, yeah. not agree with. No. And, I mean, so we'll get to that point. Yeah. I mean, first of all, let me start by saying – I encourage everyone to watch this video because it's like I
3: said at the beginning of the show. I think right now in terms of people being upset, people having a hard time putting their words on paper, their words on a post or or their words even on a radio show, I think – Emmanuel Acho right now has done the best job of purveying just exactly what is going on, not only from the, you know, the, 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 the black standpoint, but obviously, you know, if, if you're maybe on the outside looking into this, whether you're, you know, you're white or some other ethnicity, the fact of
2: exactly how, what you
3: should be thinking, what's going on right now. Yeah.
2: I, I, th- I think he sums
3: it up so perfectly.
2: It was, it's almost like a nine-minute uh, video you could watch in uh, school for educational purposes. Yep. You know? and, and I think every race, every age should
3: should watch this Absolutely. video. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: It's inviting and accepting to all. It, it's really good. And by the way, I think it's just part of, of what he now will do a series of. Yep. Uh, I believe this. that's what it, it kind of led me to believe, at least. So anyway, uh, I thought it was really w- well done and powerful uh, Acho, his you played with his brother Sam in yeah. Chicago, yep. who's still a linebacker now with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, Emmanuel played, uh, in the NFL. I think he had a 20 game career over a couple seasons, drafted in 2012. Uh, but you even brought it up later. You know, from his brother, uh, super intellectual, <laughs> I, I bright, mean, yeah. ar- articulate guys, and yeah. uh, just cool guys to be around. Uh, yeah, and I think you get that sense.
3: Yeah, and you know, I've never met, um, Emmanuel. Before I've obviously I played with his brother um, with the Chicago Bears, and, and, and I mean the way they talk, the way they come across, I assume that they're, they're they're much alike, if you will, and yeah, you know, I mean sharing a locker room with Sam, his brother, Emmanuel's brother. Um, you want to talk about a guy, like, listen, if, if you had a question, so like, we want to talk about, like, Puzz and Jacksonville, right? If you had a question, yes, Puzz. If you had a question, yes, Sam. Okay. Now, usually how it works is, you know, you ask a captain or, or something like that. Oh, no. Yes, yeah, Sam, because Sam knew where everyone had to be lined up. Sam knew everybody's job. So, like, Sam was always the guy. When I didn't want
2: to ask a coach, I went to him to ask, you know, who, who do I have in this play? So the basis of this from Emmanuel Acho is he's, he's trying to open dialogue uh, about why. The black population feels oppressed, mm-hmm. uh, I think, would be a, the, the simplest way to put it. And he's answering questions that get asked of him from his white friends yep. and white people in general. And so he does this, uh, I think, four different questions and four different answers go along with an introduction and, and uh, a conclusion, which lasts again about nine minutes. And we'll share more of it right now because uh, uh on how he tries to relay the message. And this is just about a minute, but listen to how he does it. And this will take, give you an, uh, an idea of what this whole message was
1: all about. Uh, I was in, uh, I was biking around Lake Austin the other day, and there was a white girl around about 15 meters ahead of me. And as I'm on my bike, I say to her, on your left, because I want to notify her I'm coming so that she can change her course of action. I get 10 meters away, and I increase my voice. On your left, because she had yet to move. I get five meters away, and she's still there. And I say, on your left, because I realize if she doesn't change her course of action, there will be a collision. And as I approach her, I yell, on your left, and we collide. My goal was never to hit her. But because she had her headphones in, she didn't hear me. And so she didn't change her course of action. I believe that that's the same thing black people are doing now. 1960s were yelling, we're oppressed. But the course of action wasn't changed. And so we again yell, we're oppressed. But the course of action wasn't changed. And so again we yell, we're oppressed. And now you see the collision that's occurred in America.
2: A powerful statement, and yeah. uh, what a depiction of it, what an illustration of it uh, through words, and listen, I, I'm a big believer, aside from what's going on right now in, in our society, I love people who can speak and, and yeah. so eloquently, and wow, Aminuacho was so good at it, uh, it but that said a lot, that kind of sums up to me, that 50 seconds, uh, there was so much more to it, of of his message, uh, of this powerful message he was trying to deliver, um, and, and very well done, so... Not everything, though, uh, you would 100 percent agree with. So I'm going to take it to a different part of this video, and I want you to jump in on here Mm -hmm. uh, after we listen to this part of uh, Emmanuel Acho's uh, message.
1: I live in an affluent neighborhood in Austin, Texas, and if I ever go to my mailbox and I see a white woman walking up to the mailbox, I consciously sit in my car because I don't want her to feel like I'm a threat. If I'm on an elevator with a white person, I try to hit the button first and get off the elevator first because I don't want them to perceive me as a threat because I realize at any point in time, whiteness can be weaponized. Interesting uh, thought. And, and by
2: the way, I understand exactly what he's uh, trying to convey there. Yeah, um, I don't understand from my point of view. I'm just mm-hmm. saying I understand what he's trying to convey. Uh, but but you you would challenge him a little bit on that. And it's we talked about this uh, yeah. in a break. Uh, But share it. In which way would you challenge him? So I guess this
3: is how I would challenge it. And let me go ahead and quick share a story of of where this is coming from for me. Okay. When I was a junior in high school, a teacher said a very racially charged comment to me. Okay. Now, the result of that was that teacher being let go. It resulted in my mom standing in front of the school board and uh, voicing her displeasure. But long story short... That teacher never interact with me again, and that's the way it, that's the way it was. Now I had an option. I had an option to go. You know what? That teacher in that school system, I could have went. You know what? I can't believe the other teachers like let that happen. I can't believe the other teachers were friends with that teacher. Or I could have been. You know what? That was a mistake that a teacher made, and that was their belief. So be it. But the other teachers in my school, they mean well. The other teacher in my the other teachers in my school, they want me to succeed. They they, they, they want me to be the person that I am. And that's the path that I took, where I didn't let one teacher's comments towards me ruin what I thought about everybody else. So getting back to Emmanuel's point where he talks about, you know, he lives in a very affluent neighborhood where he chooses to sit in the car if he sees a white person just because he doesn't want to, you know, send the wrong message. He doesn't want to scare them or anything like that. I think that's the wrong way to go about things because at least the way I was raised is that I understand. Listen, if you look at me. On the outside, on the outside, I'm six six. I have dreadlocks. I have a beard. I have tattoos all over my body. I don't wear suits. I wear a lot of black shirts. Um, I wear shorts and I wear some beat up sneakers. On the outside, you would say this guy is probably trying to mug me. This guy has bad intentions. I walk on an airplane. I see it all the time. Um, I walk in a public place. I can see it all the time. But like, what my goal is is. I always try to interact with people because if you ask my friends back home, you ask my friends here, is Austin is he black or white? You know, if you don't ask the question, what is Austin Lane? Is he black or white to you guys? They would say, "Dang man, I don't know." And I guarantee it would go like this: He's got dreadlocks. He likes punk music. He skateboards. He likes Kendrick Lamar. He likes Odd Future. Austin's just Austin, you know. And like, and I take pride in that. Like, I just want to be Austin. So with that being said, if I'm sitting in a car. Or if I'm going to Publix, you know, and and I see a white lady walking next to me, I'm going to say what's up to her, you know, because I guarantee she has a preconceived notion of who I am. I guarantee she probably thinks that maybe this guy's a hoolum, all his tattoos, his long hair, his beard's not really upkept, he's not clean shaven. They probably have a preconceived notion of who I am. But my job, I feel like as a member of society, my job in the way I was raised is I'm going to talk about your day. I'm going to talk about how nice it is right now in the jacksonville weather i'm going to talk about a a, a topic because i want that person to leave you know what maybe i shouldn't judge that person so much maybe i shouldn't have these preconceived notions because you know what at the end of the day he was a pretty nice kid and that's what i try to purvey so you know to get back to emmanuel's point of listen i'm just going to stay in the car and i'm going to make those people feel comfortable I get it, man. And I do those things as well. Listen, when I'm out in public, I'll wear a mask because not because I'm worried about getting COVID-19, but because I want to feel the people around me. I want to make sure that they're comfortable. You know, I don't want to make them feel uneasy, but I can also in terms of race and in terms of my voice, I can have conversations with people. I can be pleasant to people. I can be respectful to people. And maybe I can change their point of view of who they think I am. So that's the only, I guess, fundamental difference I have of Emanuel Acho's and this entire nine-minute video is the fact that instead of sitting in the car like he chose to do, I would get out of the car, I would ask the lady how her day is going, and maybe try to do my best to lighten up her day.
2: Yeah, that's uh, extremely well said, man, uh, and, and again, takes us inside a, a, a life that, uh, listen, as a white person, I don't live. Uh, and that's just fact, so uh, I understand exactly where Emmanucho was yeah. going with it i i i because I've heard other people other black people talk about it, whether it's players or not uh even to the stress and anxiety of getting pulled over yeah. uh in the no, light of day on the highway. You know, uh, so a- any of those things, uh, and by the way, that's just one example. Uh, and so I understand where it's come from, but I love your point of view on that. It's it's a great and, point of view and a great perspective and a guy who's lived it. And yeah. I remember you I, a year ago, I think we kind of maybe even had a little bit of uh, a lightheartedness with it uh, about, like you said there, about you, you get on a plane, you get a lot of looks. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. um, and, and I, I don't really take that necessarily as like, that's a black guy getting on a plane. Sure. But you're a 6'6 guy <laughs> with dreads. And tattoos, and and whether you are, you know, black or white, I yeah. think you'd get looks you in know, that respect. Yeah, but it's not only just because of that. No, absolutely. And listen, I, and I'm
3: not naive to it. All right, I'm not naive at all. But to me, if I don't interact with people, if I just let them be and let them have the preconceived notions, well, that's the easy thing to do. It's hard for me to go up to a 60 year old or 70 year old lady at Publix and try to find some common ground. Yeah, but you yeah. know what? I love it because when we're done and we're laughing and we're smiling, like to me, I did my job. You know, to me, like that's what it's all about. So that, once again, that's just my opinion. I'm not knocking Emmanuel Lacho at all, man, because I understand his point of view as well. And it's a great video.
2: Everyone's got to check it out. I'm just saying where I'm coming from. Yeah, extremely well said uh, by you and by him. Go check it out. Show your kids. Uh, it's it's really educational. It's really powerful. And, and I think something uh, we all need to hear uh, right about now. Thanks for hanging with us again. Uh, kind of a, a, a great discussion uh, once again. And throughout the day today not just on sports but what's going on in society we'll see on tv tonight cbs 47 and fox 30
0: join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe